Yo, 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 Me Ready Football Podcast, David Larson, Stefan Hosen. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. People have been saying that my introductions have been way too loud, Stefan. So hopefully it didn't come through on the mic too loud. I'm just a loud guy. Yeah, you just have to accept that, you know, as part of your greatness, you're a loud guy, especially when you're talking about fun. Yes, the one talking about anything. Anyway, Stefan, wanted to do, you know have our weekly football discussion chat, East meets West. I want this week. It was more mostly want to catch up with you on a topic I've never really had your opinion on, and I kind of surprised you when we we, we zoomed in. I'm talking to you about Sir Alex Ferguson, his pros, his cons, and where do you rate him? Um, in terms of all-time greatness, like his management. Also, I want to get your opinions on the return of Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne as it relates to Manchester City winning the Champions League, which is my prediction. You know, I don't like to go all in because people will always use it against you. Like you said, but you said this. He's an idiot. He said City was going to win. Yeah, I'm saying City's going to win the Champions League. Nature the game. Yeah, yeah. Trust me, if I could get more, get these things right, I wouldn't be doing a podcast. I would just be in Vegas making money. So in the end, no matter how smart you are, it's still an educated guess. And then I have a surprise topic I want to spring on you. You have no clue, but someone listened to our podcast last week and he was really angry and he wanted me to bring it up with you. So sounds like a bring nice it up lastly. Sounds like a you know, you don't know what it is. Uh, all right, all right. It's about a player. It's about a player. Okay. Who um who you said something very good about? Interesting. The all right. Yeah. Love that. Love yeah, that. Anyway, right, let's get into it then. So, Sir Alex Ferguson. Sir Alex Ferguson. You always see around, no matter will it be social media or wherever, they're always saying that Sir Alex Ferguson is just the greatest manager on earth. Well, ever. When you look at Sir Alex Ferguson, Stefan, what are your views on him, especially his pros? Um, well, as you rightly just said, when you think about Sir Alex Ferguson, you put him amongst the greatest ever to manage a football team. I would definitely agree with that. I do sometimes sway in my belief of if he is the greatest or if he's not, um, he's definitely up there. He's definitely in the consideration, obviously. I mean, the record speed for himself, he's probably the most winningest manager in regards to football. I haven't checked those stats, but I would assume that his trophy cabinet probably sur- surpasses everybody in comparison. But great manager, um, pros, um, cons, that's that's interesting. You know, you kind of sprung this on me, so I'm not really prepared for this one as well. But um, pros, I would give Sir Alex Ferguson, definitely a winner. That goes without question. One of the things I liked most about him was his ability to transition teams um, and recycle and come back and challenge again. He seemed to always know when it was right to cut a player loose and to start over and build something fresh. Um, We saw it with um, Eric Cantona when he left. He was able to move on to a a new team. When the likes of Ruud van Nistelrooy was there scoring um, teams of goals. I remember it's one of my favorite things about Gary Neville is he pointed out that when Ruud van Nistelrooy was in the team scoring those bucket loads of goals, they necessarily weren't winning the championship. And what we saw Fergie do was get rid of Ruud van Nistelrooy, which was a controversial decision at that time, and go with Rooney and, and, and young Cristiano Ronaldo. And we saw how that turned out. So I think a major pro for him was his ability to recycle and to come back again and challenge for top honours. Um, 
You want a real con to have against Sir Alex Ferguson? Hold on, before we get into the cons, before we get into the con, I want to expound a little bit on this pose. Sir Alex Ferguson, going back to his Scottish team days, days, Scottish management days, Yeah. without question, I don't think you can debate he is definitely the greatest EPL manager of all time. Yeah, the greatest I, manager that has coached in England. No, when no. anyone thinks of, especially modern football fans, they talk about football, they're always going to say Sir Alex Ferguson because what they remember about Manchester United is Manchester United not having great teams and winning the championships and nobody had a fucking clue how they were doing it. Manchester United had the likes of Valencia and Parji Song, just totally average players, hit and miss Nani. Uh, and, and a lot of people didn't even really rate Rooney that highly. You know, a player like Carrick, another player who many people didn't really rate highly. You just look at them and they just didn't just didn't seem to be the type of team that should be winning these ch- titles. And I, I feel like Sir Alex Ferguson's major pro was making people feel like the teams that he was putting out there did not, were, were greater, the sum was greater than the individual parts. And I don't think any manager in the Premier League has done that. I feel people underrate those Manchester United teams, and I'm one of those who disrespect many, some of the players on the team. But you look at a player like like when, like Rooney, Carrick, Rio Ferdinand, Vidic, Evra, Bandasar. That's 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 as good as it gets for a spine of a team. Like if you have that spine of a team playing very very well, you'll be fine. If you have Berbatov coming off of the bench, and we're talking about the latter years of, of Sir Alex Ferguson, that shape most people's opinion of him and i feel like that the pro of him being able to make those team win titles or was is what makes him the greatest epl manager of all time yeah i definitely agree with you that it's a pro but there's something in that where i also think there's some overrating as well because as you said yes he made teams appear the sum was greater than the whole of their parts, but these necessarily weren't bad teams, as you just pointed out. These these had some strong spines. Maybe they had one or two individuals who you'd say they aren't elite, but in the overall system, the overall team, those were some good teams. I've never really bought into the idea that Sir Alex Ferguson won Premier League titles with average teams. That is something I will wholeheartedly disagree with. No title he won, he won with an average team. They were all good teams. Maybe they're Maybe they, they weren't the best team when you compare them against the greater likes of Europe. But in regards to a premiership, there's no team that he won with that wasn't good enough to win the Premier League. The only team that I can suggest to you that was probably not, you could make an argument, was the 2011 United team where Rooney for the first half of the season was, was garbage and he had Berbatov carrying them. And I made it to the Champions League final mainly because they were played crap on the way. Every team they played on the way to the Champions League final was garbage. Chelsea, yes, some people say, but they played Chelsea. But this was Chelsea at the end of their, at their run. Chelsea was no longer Chelsea. The likes of Lampard dropped, but they were at the end of their, at their, their peaks. It, it wasn't the same Chelsea. Ancelotti was on the way out. So I, f- I feel like Sir Alex Ferguson was able to always keep his ship steady, whereas other teams were up and down. And what I, did, what I didn't respect about Sir Alex Ferguson was when he had really good teams in the early 2000s and the late 90s, he only won one Champions League. And, uh, and as a United fan, at that time I was a huge United fan. 
No, I wouldn't consider myself a huge United fan. But at that time, I was a huge United fan. That really annoyed me because some of his tactics going into those games, he was really found out for a lot. And he had to get an assistant manager, he's openly admitted, to help him in Europe. Yeah, I agree with you. That's probably the one, one of the other drawbacks of him. I don't think when United were at their absolute peak under him, they capitalized on that in regards to European success. Uh, as you said, maybe the 2011-2012 team wasn't his best team, but we went to a European final. That, I think, is people saying he maxed out an average team. But when you look at the actual teams he progressed with in the Champions League, those were winnable games for a Manchester United team. Yeah, they went to the but final. And they were totally... Sorry, sorry Stefan. Sorry. They played Barcelona in that final. Yeah. I know it's humorous. People actually thought United had a chance. That was and I was like, they have no chance. And now, now it's used as a, as a, almost like a criticism of Guardiola. That like Guardiola, yeah, Guardiola won. He had this great teammate beat Sir Alex Ferguson or whatever. Yeah, but it was mainly because it was a weak European year. Sir Alex Ferguson got to a final... And it's you are hyping the name of the team versus the actual team. The, the Barcelona team was great because they beat a fantastic Real Madrid team in the semifinal. That just their only aim was to kick Barcelona. They were able to overcome that. It wasn't so much that they beat the Manchester United team. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it wasn't a strong champions. I was looking at the, the teams that played in the knockout stage, Mar- Marseille, Chelsea, Schalke, and then they played Barcelona in the final. What I remember about that final is I won a decent amount of money because for some strange reason, the odds had were in Mar- Manchester United's favour. It wasn't just fans and media giving them a chance. Even the betting odds were like, yeah, Manchester United could win this. They, they really couldn't. And I, I won some decent money that day betting on Barcelona. Where you know, I think people might think we're focusing too much on the cons. So let me try and balance it out. Ferguson says greatest EPL manager and his system of being able to get wide, play with speed, create chances. No matter what your team was done, you always felt United had a chance. Yeah, some people talk about the refs and stuff. I don't, I don't buy that. Um, there's no evidence unless you have some concrete evidence to suggest that United were really benefiting more than other teams, far more than other teams. I'm not buying it. United could be down 2-0 against Aston Villa. I felt like they were going to win because Ferguson would bring on a Hernandez. He would get a goal. He would bring on a Valencia who would get an assist. He always seemed to find the right buttons. And his system, though it's though simplistic in nature, get wide, play with speed, try and isolate matchups, always seemed to work in the EPL. He had some relatively good success in the Champions League. He won in 2008. Uh, yes, it took a uh, John Terry slip. He won in 1999. Yes, Mark Bayern Munich was the better team. But going into that final, he didn't have Paul Scholes. He didn't have Roy Keane. He, he played Beckham um, in the middle. He played Ryan Giggs on the right. It just didn't work. But in the end, he got the results. So I'm, I want to you know balance the conversation that way. You just mentioned Marseille. Remy, remember a player by the name of Remy? He, yes. he played. Uh, he was a star player for that team. <laughs> when you <laughs> when you look at, look at Ferguson and in Europe, uh, when when they went to the final in two thousand and nine, and this would be a criticism of him playing against that Barcelona team. Barcelona was not yet considered Barcelona of that era, and yeah. people in England, especially media in England, were were saying Manchester United was going to win. 
Barcelona had a second string. You could you could argue a third string back line. Had Iniesta playing on one leg. Had Henri coming back from an injury. Henri, Henri hadn't been playing well. I don't think he even scored in the last four or five weeks in season. He was playing hurt. They were completely and utterly not the same team that they were about six weeks prior. Sir Alex Ferguson refused to adapt his team to beat that team in terms of he continued the same thing. Rooney's going to play on the left. Ronaldo is going to play down the middle. Park Song is going to play on the right. He completely miscalculated how good Barcelona was. And I felt a lot of times in Europe, he didn't realize that against the more technical teams, um, we even saw this a few years prior when the Rooney, the Kaka, the Kaka, the Kaka semifinal, where the, the Kaka and Sadov semifinal, people always forget how great Sadov was. He wasn't able to really transition his tactics great in the Champions League. And it's a criticism that I see of Guardiola, where Guardiola seems to have mastered the Premier League, but it doesn't seem like he's been able to figure out how, when to tweak, what to tweak in the UEFA Champions League. Whereas a manager like Ancelotti had figured it out long ago, like how to tweak it. Like if he gave Ancelotti a good team in his prime in the Champions League, he, I would have bet against his team against Sir Alex Ferguson. Yeah, and that might just be down to simple personnel because you look at it, Ancelotti probably never mastered his, his Italian league because he never won that consistently. But in Europe, yeah, he wasn't a league manager. That, 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 that's, that's, the, that, that's, the, that's the strange thing, the yin and the yang, because you look at a manager like Ancelotti, who in a one-off game, I remember in, after the Milan-Manchester United semifinals, he was like, no offense to Manchester United, I knew exactly, we knew exactly how they were going to play. And it just rung through. Manchester United was wanted to get with, go down thing, use pace, whatever. They, 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 they read it like a book. Like they could instinctively study Manchester United for two weeks, break down their players. But over the course of a season, Angelotti just never had the same success as a, as a Ferguson would. And that is where it comes down to Ferguson's major pro. Keeping it simple and motivation. And yeah. that's what's his greatest strength as a manager and why many times I tell people tactics is overrated in management. Because if you can make a player believe that he can fly and you have proof that he can fly and you can make him fly, that's what's going to happen. And that's where Ferguson was able to get the most out of teams with his motivation rather than his tactics. Yeah, this whole discussion is kind of reminding me of Pep earlier this week when he very cheekingly said that the reason his team is so good is because they have a lot of money and people ran with that, but um, they didn't kind of, they didn't follow up on him saying, yeah, we have a lot of money, but you need good players and you need players to buy into your system and you need players to want to come back and always perform. You know, he mentioned that he won two titles with City and then they came back and they couldn't compete with Liverpool. I know the mentality had to change for this year and his team has responded to that. That's what Ferguson was good at. Ferguson was able, he's probably one of the best or if not the best man manager the game has ever seen. He was able to always bring his team back into championship contention. Simple tactics, but the players always bought in. They always believed in what he was saying. They always believed, hey, if we're 2 nil down in the 90th minute, there's a good chance that we can win 3-2. For some strange reason, that just always seemed to be his mantra. And it kind of ran through all of his teams at Manchester United until the end. They always bought into the overarching system that he employed. Whether it be his own, whether it was brought in by one of those many assistants who were brought in to help, there was always that clear 
idea that we have to buy in. And to go to Guardiola, second Guardiola, it shows you how lucky you have to be in the Champions League. Ferguson has won two Champions Leagues. Yeah. Both of them, you could arguably say he should have lost. He was down one nil in, in sudden death against extra time. Well, yeah, extra time against Bayern Munich. Against a Bayern Munich team that was really better than yesterday. Had some a Bayern players. team should have been three or four nil up. <laughs> Exactly. So I wouldn't, I well, whatever. And then against Chelsea, who Drogba gets that silly red card and it comes down to a, a penalty miss. That's how, that's how fine the margin was. And that Chelsea team, you know, lost Jose. Like, do, do you believe that if Chelsea was coached by Jose Mourinho, and we're talking about Jose Mourinho and Jose is the height of his power, mm-hmm. do you think Manchester United beats Chelsea in 2008? Because I don't. Probably not. I don't believe that Drogba gets that red card. Um, I believe that Chelsea ride it out. It just it, there just comes there comes a luck with it. Um, uh, better I've seen, and that was that's my main criticism of Sir Alex Ferguson. Mm-hmm. But moving on from Sir Alex Ferguson, wait, just before we move on, pros and cons. Hold on, hold on. No, no. What I mean is that in terms of pros and cons of Sir Alex Ferguson, I want to know like. When okay. you're ranking, okay, that's right. What, I don't want to put in perspective, like, yeah, Ferguson won those titles late with what you'd call lesser Manchester United teams. And let us all, let's just for argument's sake, we all agree they weren't as good. But Arsenal was coming top four with absolute trash. So that tells you how poor the EPL was. <laughs> and another, and this is what a Conwack in Europe is the year. It was the year that United uh, lost out to City in the, the Aguero goal. They got knocked out in the Champions League. The, the lack of talent in Europe, no one finally caught up with them versus the previous two years. And they went into the Europa League and they played against Bilbao. And it was an absolute smoke. <laughs> what it was, it was like I, I but United fans say, Oh, they don't care, they don't care. I'm like, no, 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 they care. This was just an ass whooping. Yes, it they was. were just... <laughs> with the exception of Wayne Rooney. Shout out to Wayne Rooney, he scored um two goals in the tie. Or was it three? I can't remember. Um, it was they 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 looked unprepared, they looked nervous, it was just completely. Yeah, we have better players than you. We are more technical than you. And that whole thing that you're trying about getting wide and swinging crosses in and maybe Rooney will get a header or whatever, that's not going to work because we're going to just, we're just going to find players in between pockets of space and we're just going to knock it off of you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah. that is where I feel like people need to recognize when we're balancing the Ferguson argument that Ferguson, yeah, he did well with bet with um good teams in the EPL. He had mastered that later in his career, but that was mostly down to a bad spell of in the EPL where you didn't have the technicians. Once he went to Europe, it was completely exposed. Yeah, and uh, and that's as you said, that's the equalizer right there. Um, when it comes to being the best in the EPL, I don't think there's any competition whatsoever. But there was a fallback. He admitted it himself. He needed help from assistance. Carlos Kiras, he brought those guys in to make up the deficits in Europe. And for some strange reason, overall, it didn't really work out. 
Um, yeah, that, well, they I, won the Champions League in 2008. They did they win did. the Champions League. They did against an EPL team in the final that probably should have beat them. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and they and they played against a Barcelona side in the semi-finals that was way out of their depth physically. They were fragmented, and you could easily argue that they could have Manchester United could have easily lost that time. But that's the, that's the fun part about Europe. That's what makes it so interesting and why you have to give props to like a Carlo Ancelotti who was able to adapt to different um, teams from different leagues. Because sometimes when you come up against teams from different leagues, like when Manchester United came up against, against Bilbao, yeah, you're looking at a team who are the top of England versus, a, not I wouldn't say mid-table Atletico Bilbao team, but around the sixth era. And they just walked the park with them just because of the style of football that Manchester United wasn't used to and they weren't able to to cope with so you have to you have to factor that into any consideration so when in ranking Sir Alex Ferguson are any managers that you rank above him because we've kind of butchered him the last five or so minutes we kind of butchered him that's true and um honestly if I had to pick right now great not just including leagues I would say overall I probably still have Ferguson as the best ever for right now yeah. I, I, I have Ferguson as the best ever with a caveat yeah, if you can continue. No, yeah, as I said, the only real criticism I have two main criticisms against Sir Alex Ferguson. One of them is he wasn't able to exert his dominance in Europe like I think he should have. Sometimes he was a bit too conservative, and sometimes teams were just not good enough. That just happens in management. It's no major criticism. My my other major criticism against him is that I feel like his fans overrate him and like to say things about about him winning teams with average players, which just isn't true, and that annoys me. So those are the only two points I have against Ferguson. But if I'm being serious, right now, as we, as we talk on, what, February 27th, 2021, I, I still have Ferguson as number one. I have Ferguson as number one. Uh, if I had a team, um, I'm, I want Ferguson to be the manager. But if I have a team with money, I want Guardiola as the manager. And if I want to win the UEFA Champions League, I would I would likely call Zidane because I don't know what Obia Zidane during <laughs> that era. I don't know what Obia he was working, but whatever it was, it was working. But it only it seemed to stop working last year. I don't know. It looked like the it looked like the magic world. I don't the the magic, the wishes. Yep. <laughs> I have no idea how Zidane won so many Champions League with that Real Madrid team. I know Real Madrid, they had good some they had good players, whatever. But I know when we talk about great football teams, people still talk about the Barcelona team, which won two champions, two yeah. uh two champions league, versus a Real Madrid team which did something historic, three UEFA Champions League. But people look at them because people watch those games and like, how the fuck is this happening? I, I always say that what a fantastic achievement. Three Champions Leagues in a row. But if you go back to those group stages and you watch over every game, they could have lost every game. There was games where I don't know what, who passed what to the referee's pocket because Casemiro should have been sent off 14 times. There was games where they're giving up chances, but somehow, some way, they managed to get through and they won it three times in a row, which just makes those, no sense. Those Bayern Munich ties were really head scratchers. I, I, I can't figure them out. You look at the one that they won, they look at the one they won with even Ancelotti as the manager. Yeah. But Zidane was on the bench. 
they were down one one nil with with like three minutes to go. We sorry, three seconds to go. Yep. Uh, they got that one, and then eventually they came back with Zidane. And I, I look at those Bayern Munich guys, and I, I felt after every one of them, Bayern Munich is better. How oh, do they keep losing? Lewandowski keeps missing chances. How oh, 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 is this happening? And that's like, just why did it, how did Marcelo find that goal? Like, <laughs> out of nowhere. Yep, and that's just knockout football for you because as we pointed out earlier, Ferguson has two Champions League finals that he, he likely should not have had. And he lost in Champions League finals that maybe he could have done better. No, he runs maybe he should have won. Is there, is there any run that I can really think of that United could have really... The only one I can really think of, the year Real Madrid won with Zidane and Figo. I definitely think they should have gone to the final, but in the semifinals, Beckham, who was the best player, got the metatarsal injury in the tie before. That's that the Man- that's that the- Manchester United team was really was really good. That's and the, the year, right? yeah, and then the year, yeah, and the year that they did lose to Real Madrid in the game that made Roman Abramovich by Chelsea. Uh, there again, you know, there was a falling out with him and Beckham. He went to Real Madrid. And it just didn't seem like United had any form of plan of dealing with it. At the end of the game, Ferguson's coming up with, they mesmerized us. It didn't seem like he had any plan of how to deal with Real Madrid. And I was like, but Man United have enough players to more than compete. But yeah, but maybe that was just my bias, United fandom talking. And they were they were really good. You, uh, you look at the Milan one that year, they beat Juventus. Granted, Juventus' best player didn't play in the final. Yeah. Now, we're going through a history lesson here. Manchester United beat that Juventus team uh, early in the Champions League. So, you know, it was... So that, that, saying, that, that's, the period I'm, that's the period I'm speaking about. Or I think that's the 2000-ish era where I think um, Manchester United really should have exerted their dominance in the Champions League a bit more. They were unlucky, as you pointed out, injuries, suspensions here and there. That kind of and going up against... And there was always that one team that was better than them. Yeah. That they seem to have to play. Sometimes th- that team gets knocked out. Um, yeah. Sometimes they don't, and United's favor didn't. So, anyway, we have to move on from Ferguson. We agree Ferguson's the greatest manager of all time for right now, but he has serious question marks that people are more than fear to bring up. Yeah. But to my to the team that I think is going to win this Champions League and get Guardiola his third UEFA Champions League return of. Aguero and the return of Kevin De Bruyne. What do you have to say about that? Well, I think I've said it already. I said it last week, or was it the week before, where I have been very open about my belief that if City want to win the Champions League, they have to go Aguero light. He has to be on the bench. He can't be the focal point up front. I saw him come back from injury today, played against West Ham and once again he had no impact because he just doesn't have the legs anymore he's a penalty box striker and I think when he's on the field he kind of cuts out the the dynamism dynamism I can't say the word properly you said it right actually twice (laughs) yeah he does he cuts the flow of that team to what it what it should be when it's Jesus up front or whether it's Sterling or Mares or Foden when when those three are unsung the movement up top it's mesmerizing they get past everybody and they can score goals. But with Aguero up there, I've said it in Champions, he's cost them in Champions League's going back now. It's missed penalties. And I just think the best of Man City does not have a poacher up front. 
he's not as good as Ronaldo was for Real Madrid, where Ronaldo could do nothing for 90 minutes except take three shots and score a hat-trick. That's not Aguero. He doesn't have that ruthlessness. He isn't that much of a killer in the critical moments. So I've, so I've said before, Aguero is going to be the man that Pep goes with for the rest of the Champions League. They're not going to win. When I look at Aguero, I rate Aguero a bit higher than you do, but Aguero clearly is not the same player. I do agree with that. The problem that City has, and this is what makes my prediction nervous, is that they have a Halloween striker in Jesus. And I guess you could put uh, Sterling in that trick-or-treat basket. Their finishing is so inconsistent. And people, I, we, the first podcast we did when we started it back again before the restart was looking at Manchester City losing against Leon. They lost because Jesus had a half chance, couldn't score, had a good chance, couldn't score. Sterling missed an open goal in a game which Sterling was absolutely fantastic in. And if they are going to be trick or treat in front of goal, that is the problem. And Guardiola is going to have to weigh that in his mind. Can I trust Jesus? to not just play well, not just run the system, chase back, do everything. But can he take that chance? Because I said it when City played against Liverpool, there's some scar tissue in their brain. They are so afraid that if they go behind 1-0 against a team that is fast and can counter-attack, that they're going to lose. And they, they have to play Foden because Foden doesn't suffer from those scar tissues because he's too young and dumb. Right, he hasn't figured that out yet. Right? When they were done, like they, they, it's almost like they feel like something is going to happen. I, you can read it in their body language, and just they, they, they against against Liverpool, they were able to win four one. They missed a penalty, gave away a goal, and it managed. So maybe their luck is changing. That was what made that made me shout that they're going to win. The luck is finally going to change. So I agree with you that Aguero shouldn't be starting in the UEFA Champions League, but he, but it's not one of those one of those where I'm like 100% behind because I can't trust Jesus, I can't trust Sterling. Well, I feel like we could apply that logic to anybody, <laughs> any kind, any finisher right now. I'm well, more, I'm more concerned with the system and the overall philosophy that they employ. That's what's going to. I don't think. We, we, we gave a history lesson like back in the day or whatever. Like when Van Nistelrooy was playing for Ferguson in the Champions League, I think we had damn near knew he was always going to score. When Raul was playing for Real Madrid back in the day, we knew he was going to score. When, and I'm bringing up these, these top names because that's the level that Aguero is. Aguero for this generation is that level of striker, mm-hmm. right? Um, Lewandowski failed for Bayern Munich those times for, Real Madrid, for Bayern Munich against Real Madrid. That's the reason why they lost. Right? It wasn't down to any tactics or anything. Uh, and it's going to be a situation where I think that Jesus will start, but Aguero has to have a, Aguero will have a will have some say. Oh no, for sure. I'm not saying you get rid of Aguero at all. He's still a useful player. He definitely ha- has some say left in this Champions League, but what I think is going to get Man City the Champions League trophy is system and philosophy. And they have to go with the best system and best philosophy for their current team. And that one is one that is Aguero light. I still have my doubts about Kevin De Bruyne, but I feel like he's easier to incorporate into that team. Uh, so it's a very, very thing to say when you think about how good Kevin De Bruyne has been for them. But 
He has every pass. He has every single pass. There's no that, pass that he cannot make. Yeah, there's that. But my thing with Man City is when Kevin De Bruyne is on the field, they always look to him and he's always so quick to go for that final pass. And I think it kind of discombobulates the front three at times, especially when it's the type of front three that isn't Aguero-centered, where he isn't looking for the final pass all the time. But that's, those are just the things that Pep's going to have to navigate this for the rest of the season. How does he fit his team to get the best out of the units? How does he maximize on the sum of the parts? That's what he has to do this year. He can't be fooling around with it, although I do believe that there's always been a little bit of a overrating and overanalyzing of this. Pep likes to change things in the Champions League. I don't think it's always been the case, but he has, he has to go with the team that makes the most sense. And right now, that's one that, that doesn't have a girl in it, and that's one that's focused on a dynamic front three that keeps moving, keeps creating chances. Will they miss chances? Of course they will. But Aguero's missed chances for them plenty of times, just as, just as much as Jesus or um, Sterling have in the Champions League. Yeah, that's why I'm with you on the whole Aguero not starting, because the whole, Aguero has been there long enough. They had Aguero, that, that era of the company, Aguero. And by the way, I need to get into Vincent Company, because there's a lot of overrating going on with Vincent Company. Vincent <laughs> Company fucked in the Champions League that people don't want to talk about. Like, people talk, oh, company was so, all this great. We need to find Vincent Company. No, you don't. Vincent Company was trash. If Vincent Company was English and played like that, everybody would be pointed it out. Vincent Company sucked in the Champions League. He was one of the reasons why, champ- why City underachieved for so many years, because he was trash. Um, I, I did not know you felt that strongly about Vincent Company. That is so. No, I, I, I just have a, I just, I just don't because he wasn't as great as people talk. Like, like Rio Ferdinand was great, and people don't talk about how great Rio Ferdinand is, and that that annoys me a lot. Yeah. And when people try to talk about Company on the same level as a Rio Ferdinand, it never gets brought up ever that Company was just trapped. It's similar with Yaya Torre. When people bring up Yaya Torre and compare him to. I know you don't rate Lampard and Jared, well, Lampard as much as I do. But like, you can't bring up Yaya Torre to Lampard. Torre was absolutely trashing you for Champions League. One of the main reasons why Chelsea was so good, um, I was able to get results in the Champions League, was Frank Lampard was able to find something from time to time. Even in that lucky run that it was, he would find an assist, he would find a cross, something. There would always be an impact there. So it's just stuff like that annoying me. But we'll talk about that another time because we're running out of time. And I want to get to the, the listener who had the question for you. Sure, let's, let's do it. This, this sounds interesting. Someone listened to my rating of a player and has the audacity to question it. Let's, let's hear it. All right, he said to me, first he said, uh, he said that I was a, a jerk for comparing Arteta to Roy Hudson. Uh, yeah, I was probably overreading. I, I agree with that. He definitely went too but far. I, I think Arteta and David Moyes, I, I like that comparison. Um, I, I still think you're being harsh, but okay. <laughs> the Everton David Moyes. When you look at it, says, tell Stefan the comment about Jacka couldn't be any more wrong. One of the best deep line playmakers in the league. Jacka is a man who can only pass the ball sideways and backwards. I never mentioned this to you. Um, I never mentioned to you, to you before the podcast. Do you want to respond next week or do you want to respond now? Well, since you didn't give me time to actually prepare and provide the numbers, we can go into it more next week. But I would just right. say, say it right now 
The idea that Jacques is someone that passes backwards and sideways only is something rooted in absolute stupidity. Because if you check the numbers consistently, and this doesn't just apply to like Jacques, it applies to many deep line, deep line playmakers I've heard people complain only pass sideways. I've heard it about Busquets, I've heard it about Pirlo, I've heard it about Carrick, I've heard it about Arteta. It is absolute nonsense. If you check the numbers, Xhaka is one of the highest passes forward in not only his position, but the league. He's one of the highest passes into the final third in the league amongst all players. So if you watch football and you believe Xhaka only passes sideways and backwards, check your eyes or check your brain. I'm, I'm going to take up for the listener here. I don't rate Xhaka as highly as you do. It like you, I have Jaka like two levels below how you rate. I think he's just an ordinary football player, and I think when I think I think yeah, saying that he passed on his sideways thing is a bit. Let's it's not say that. It's, 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 it's over. It's overreaching. It's it's an exaggeration. It's but Jaka, I don't see any impact in what he's doing. Jaka to me, I don't feel like Jaka is neither technically brilliant, physically brilliant. And he doesn't stand out in the position. There's no visual effects in what he's doing. He might have one good game, one standout good game every two months. I don't look at Jack as a type of player that can pass a midfield. Some of the criticisms that I've had of many defensive midfielders, uh, I, I, I look at Jack and I'm saying to myself, would Jack be good on any team? Like, would any top team be better if they had Jack on? Are you, are you asking me the question? Yes, of course. Okay, all right, ask me the question. Here's the thing. I would not disagree with pretty much anything you just said a while ago. And do I think Xhaka would improve any top team? No, I don't. Because I think most top teams have better deep-line playmakers than Xhaka. I've said many times the main problem for Xhaka at Arsenal is the fact that at the end of the day, he is passing the ball to the worst offense in the top 10. So there's, there's nothing going to be visually pleasing about it. Xhaka, I've seen Xhaka drop some absolute dimes on, on, full, on forward line and fullbacks overarching, and they go to nothing. And what happens is he ends up making a tackle because what happens is you pass the ball forward, it comes immediately back because nobody up there can control the football. And you put pressure on the offense, you put pressure on the midfield and the defense, and pressure bus pipe, and they suffer for it. But... The names I'm going to I'm going to ask you is, is Jacka better than? Because sure. I, I I think you believe that Jacka is better than what you just said. Actually, I know you do. I All right. No, I no, I think you believe I think he's better than that, but I don't. Do All right. Sure. Let me ask you then: Is he better than Ndidi? Ndidi, I'll talk more about Ndidi. Yes. Okay. I think Ndidi is better than, than Tillemans. I'm I'm just thinking of deep central midfielders. Is he better than Tillemans? That's a weird comparison. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even compare them. If you, it's not really comparing. I'm just saying, who do you think is a better mid, deep, deep midfielder? Who's a better midfielder, Tillemans or Jacko? Uh, equal, I would say, at this point in time. But very weird okay. comparison. But go ahead. All right, all right. Weird comparison. Declan Rice. I would say Declan Rice is going to pass him. Is going to pass him, and I don't. Really, look at, and I don't. And if you know, you know, I've never really rated Declan Rice. Rated Declan Rice, yeah. What about Calvin Phillips? I think he's better than Calvin Phillips. What about Scott McTominay? Scott McTominay. As a if if 
talking at the base of a midfield is better than McTominay. For oh, sure. just as, as a player, football player, whatever, who is better? Ah, uh, sure, yeah, I'll have him over McTominay. Kovacic? No. Jorginho? No. That's, that's who I'd compare him with. I think Jorginho is better than him. I think they're very similar players, and I'd have Jorginho above him. All right, the player that he's he'll play beside tomorrow, Partey. He's better than Partey. He's better than Partey. He's yes, yeah, Stefan. You, so I can see you have So here's what I want you to do, Stefan. Next, we're going to have a Jacka discussion, and I want you to give me why he is he is so good. Is he better than Ward Prowse, Southampton? Where, where are you getting these word comparisons from? I'm just throwing out some. I'm just throwing out some central midfielders, you know, like who I want. I'm I'm trying to gauge. I don't want people to gauge like how highly do you rate him as a central midfielder, you know, not just as a deep midfielder, but as a central midfielder. You look at that's what I'm trying to gauge. I think of him as a deep line playmaker at the pivot of a midfield. I don't think of him as a central. Yeah. So if you, if I'm what what I'm trying to say is. Is he better than this player? Is he not better than player? Like, I'm not going to ask, is he better than Fabinho? Because if you were to say that he's better than Fabinho, I would start talking to you. But obviously and not. Fabinho is, better. Fabinho is the best or the second best deep line playmaker in the league. Who is the first? Rodri. Oh, God, man. Another bum. I, don't, <laughs> I know you don't, I don't rate that guy at all. Who might cost it to the champ? Who might cost it? He will. Talk about anyway. <laughs> no, we, we catch up next week. We're gonna catch up next week. We, I want I want to talk about more about the central midfield position in EPL, not just not the shaka and who who would we rate and etc. I just anyway. want to point out that despite everyone hating on Shaka, all of his managers and other managers have always rated it from the likes of yeah. MRA, Arteta. Other managers rated William too. Arteta. Um, no. Don't mean that I'm going to go and over to Jose Mourinho. It's recorded. Man um, City wanted it. So there's clearly a reason why. I think you'd have been a better player and more appreciated if you had gone to Man City. But he chose Tottenham and Liverpool. Also want um, William. Back in the day, this thing. My thing with William is, I think if you had gone to Liverpool or Tottenham before Chelsea, you'd have been a better player. See, my thing with William is that he could have gone to any team. As long as it is in the high level, he would never he would be what he is. Like the problem with William is that he didn't go to the level he was supposed to, which was the championship. So um so William William should look at Fernandinho and wonder why his agent didn't didn't advise him to go to the right team. But they were both at Shakhtar doing bits, and William decided to go run trap meets at Chelsea while Fernandinho went to Manchester to eventually learn from Pepple to dominate a midfield. Fans the fans at City. Wouldn't have run his PR campaign as well as the Chelsea fans. Anyway, um, I'm gonna catch up with you next week. Good, good talk. All right, man. Peace. All right, peace.